0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: I'm Allie Wolf, a TV news reporter taking on my biggest assignment yet, motherhood. Get ready to feel inspired and connected as we explore the journey into mom life. This is the Moms Calling Podcast.
2: If this is helpful for me, maybe I should really look into selling it on, on Amazon. So that's where... The pivot and that aha moment happened. And, um, I was still scared. I still didn't know what I was doing, but I felt like other moms would find it helpful. And that's really what pushed me.
1: Welcome to the very first episode of mom's calling. You just heard from my amazing first guest, Michelle Mack. I can't wait for you to hear that conversation, but first I want to welcome you to the show and say, thank you for listening. I'm a first-time mom and journalist. I love learning about other moms, what works, what doesn't, the secrets to their success and the challenges that made them stronger. I hope this can be our little community in the podcast world. And on that note, I want to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, requests, or guest ideas, email me, momscallingpod at gmail.com. Now, let's get to Michelle. Michelle is the owner of two businesses. She is a first time mom to her nearly two year old son, Nolan. Before jumping into entrepreneurship, she worked in software sales in San Francisco. She was laid off early in the pandemic when her son was just six months old. Instead of getting a new job, she used the hours she spent pumping her breast milk to pursue her dreams and launch her businesses. She created the Mule Baby Whiteboard, which is a magnetic board which provides an easy way for moms and dads and caregivers to log babies' routines, including sleep, nursing, and pumping sessions. I have one. It is great. She sells that on Amazon and Etsy. And her other business is Lingaroo, bilingual flashcards to introduce Chinese to kids in a way that is fun and interactive. Michelle breaks down how she executed and started two businesses during postpartum and the pandemic, She has amazing business tips, like how to get attention from your ideal customer or audience, plus how to avoid burnout and incorporate the all-important self-care. I really hope this conversation inspires you. Plus, just make sure to listen to the end for this really mind-blowing tip about diaper changes. You'll see. Enjoy my conversation with Michelle. All right. Hi, Michelle. I'm so happy to have you on the very first episode. And I think your story is going to really inspire a lot of people. Thank you so much, Ali. I'm very
2: excited to uh, be your first guest, very honored and um, really sharing my story. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Yes, of course. So I want to start by talking about what it was like when you got pregnant and how you were starting to figure out how you were going to adjust to pregnancy and becoming a mom while working full-time in tech.
2: Yeah, so... At Wiser, it was quite nice because I was able to work remotely already. Um, however, you don't really have an eight-hour shift in sales. So if I have a client that's overseas, I would have to make calls in the middle of the night. Um, or if a contract is out, I work on weekends. So there's no really a, a shift there. So I think one of the main challenges is, you know, in the fourth trimester, as we are taking care of a newborn, it's round the clock. How was I able to kind of fit my schedule around a newborn phase? You know, because I was exclusively breastfed, uh, breastfeeding, I also had to make sure I'm pumping on time. So, all these new things I had to incorporate into my schedule in order to make it work um, for work, even though I had the flexibility of working from home, um, it was also a distraction, by the way. I find that when I'm at home and I hear the baby crying or something like my breast would engorge and I had to pump. So, there's all these things that's nice working from home with a baby, but also challenges because you can hear the baby cry and it would just make me feel like I need to tend the baby rather than, you know, finishing what I'm doing at work.
1: So that's really hard. About two months after Michelle returned to work from maternity leave, the pandemic forced the country into lockdown. According to CBS News, by early 2021, nearly 3 million American women had left the workforce during COVID-19. Globally, the pandemic led to about 5% of women getting laid off or furloughed. That doesn't include the women who chose to leave the workforce to care for children or manage responsibilities at home. Michelle was one of those mothers. After losing her job, she was forced to make tough choices.
2: So as I was leaving the company, there's a lot of emotions there. One is, you know, what am I going to do next as a mom? Um, you know, uh, you know, do I work? Do I stay at a full time mom? That was just a really hard decision. But because of all that uncertainty, I decided to obviously stay at home, and I kind of it kind of happened in the serendipitous way. So when I was working. Um, because the apps wasn't going to work for my mom. She's not tech savvy. She, um, she speaks Chinese. My husband speaks English. So there's going to be this challenge of coordination. And one of the things I did was draw out uh, this basic chart that a nurse kind of uh, used when we were at the hospital and basically feed every three times, change the diaper every three hours, right? Every three hours change every three hours, um, feed the baby. So I kind of took that. And then I added a, another column just to add, you know, what my output was for breast pumping. Cause I also wanted to track that at first. I wanted to, you know, try apps, but it was just too much work. It was just very tedious entering all that information. My husband forgot it half the time, but everybody used the whiteboard. So I tried to find it online, and there just wasn't a product like that anywhere. It was like printables or journals or an app. So I was kind of shocked, and I found it so helpful that I decided to create one and then sell it on
1: Amazon and Etsy. So that's where I kind of found my mom's calling. Is that's you know, amazing. I want to really get into how you developed this really awesome business and an amazing idea, but I want to go back to the moment where, because there's a lot of moms who either lost their jobs or chose to quit in that moment that you were talking about during the pandemic, when childcare and homeschooling became such a big issue for so many women. And I just want to talk a little bit about that moment. It, you look back on things sometimes and it feels like it's just a quick second, but in the moment, I bet that was a a hard time to make that call. What is the right call? Should I go back to work full time? Because I think as professionals, we're, we're just kind of trained to, to work. And so I just want to know more about kind of where your head was at during that time. and, And if it was hard for you.
2: Yeah, I think it was a very, very tough decision for my husband and I, um, because of all the things going on. And again, because I was home already, I kind of wanted a a job where it allowed flexibility. I was looking for other jobs, um, but I started getting a lot of anxiety because I know that my mom helps, but she can't help the full day. You know, she, she has her her own stuff to do. So that would force me to hire a nanny, which again, was really, really wasn't safe during the early stages of the pandemic. So I kind of felt like I was forced into it. But then again, I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit, Ellie. and I really felt like, hey, if this is a product that I found very helpful, I think other moms would find it helpful too. And I think that's where that aha moment happened, where I'm like, forget about finding a job. I was already anxious about it already. And I had to find all these solutions for my son. So I decided if this is helpful for me, maybe I should really look into selling it on on Amazon. So that's where the pivot and the aha moment happened. And um, I was still scared. I still didn't know what I was doing, but I felt like other moms would find it helpful. And that's really what pushed me.
1: That's amazing that you had that kind of light bulb moment where you had this idea that you felt so strongly about that you felt like I need to do this because other moms need it. So it's, I think there's a lot of ideas out there. You know, you, you hear about in Silicon Valley that ideas are cheap, but like actually executing is the hard part. And you did yes. that. So I would love to know, how do you go from a chart that you drew to actually having a product? And I think this is something that so many people would probably love to know about. Who doesn't love Amazon? Who wouldn't love to sell something awesome on Amazon? So how, like, what does that process look like? I know it's probably different from everyone, but, but where did you go from there?
2: Yeah. So for me selling on Amazon, it wasn't too far of a stretch because I already had a background in e-commerce. So I knew, you know, what it was like talking to a lot of brand owners and a lot of retailers to sell products online. And then on top of that, my cousin was a seller on Amazon. So he gave me that shortcut and that tip so that I was able to uh, create an account and, and, and start listing my products. So finding a manufacturer on Aliexpress and Alibaba is quite easy. It's almost like if you were a customer just shopping for products, except instead of buying one product, you're putting an order for for hundreds or if not thousands of items. So because my product is something that I created, it's custom. So custom products require a high MOQ, so minimum order quantity, are usually in the hundreds, if not in the thousands. And that's because they are creating your product from scratch. So I would contact a, per, a, a company that would manufacture whiteboards and you could custom print anything you want on there. I um, I basically designed the whiteboard and they just printed it. I asked for two samples. And once I saw it, I made tweaks on it. Uh, probably did like three revisions before I was very happy with it. And then we went into full production.
1: Wow. And to go from wondering if you should do it to full speed ahead investing hundreds or thousands of dollars and lots of time into this while you had what, a six month old baby at home. What was that like? Were you nervous? And like, cause you're really betting on yourself here at this point and just betting on your idea and hoping that it, it's as great as you believed it was. So what was that yeah. like? Was it scary? It is
2: absolutely scary, <laughs> Ali. I think it's, it's putting yourself out there. Um, anytime is going to be kind of intimidating. And anytime you do something first time is very intimidating. So it's the funny thing is I created and launched this product during the times that I was breast pumping. Um, between balancing work early on and and having a newborn, it was really the only free time that I had. So um you know once I got let go, and I was able to focus it on a little bit more. But this initial idea of designing it and getting it through the manufacturer was during the times I breast pump, which is 20 minutes a day, eight times a day. So that's actually a couple of hours that you're hooked onto the breast pump. And what better way was then to kind of uh, feed my energy into designing the product that, that I really want to make?
1: I absolutely love that because I can totally relate. I was working on, you know, Etsy and ideas when I was feeding my baby too. But I just think that's so amazing. And just to imagine that you are just so motivated and you're literally pumped as <laughs> you're pumping. So exactly. I think that's amazing. So, okay. So how long did it take you from the idea? So, so when did you really start working on it? And then like how long until you had the idea to when you were ready to start actually putting it out to the public? I know there's a lot of marketing involved and all of that, but you know what's the timeline um, for you and all of this yeah. meantime during COVID too, not to mention other yeah. challenges. So I actually checked my breast pump. I think I
2: pumped 200 hours. So it took me 200 hours to get it into uh, production and then having it shipped here, it took like another month and then listing on Amazon. So all in all,
1: it probably took me four months to do. Wow, that's amazing. So this is a good lesson that in four months, you can be at home pumping milk for a baby and launch a business. <laughs> I mean, of that's course, right. everyone's going to have a different story, but that that's really <laughs> incredible. But that's a great message for moms. So I don't know if you have a message about just like maybe if a mom has a little bit of an idea and she's in that postpartum stage, whether she's in a transition or just wants to kind of work on it as a side hustle, like what would you say to a mom like that?
2: Yeah, I think... So I I actually launched a couple of other products afterwards. And one of the mistakes why one product failed is I didn't have a problem to solve. So there's two things is you want to identify a problem that you want to solve. And then you want to be very target into who your audience is. Like um, for example, a whiteboard can be any mom, but that's too general. So the moms I think really resonate with my products are moms that are organized, want to make sure they track, but don't get overwhelmed. So there is a very small niche, but I do feel like because I am talking to them directly, they would understand the conversion rate is a lot higher. If I talk to a mom that really doesn't care about logging, or maybe um, they feed on demand and they don't really track anything, I don't think that they would value my product as much. And again, I have to find a problem. The problem is the apps didn't work for my mom because she uh, you know, doesn't really speak English very well and she's not really good at, at using tech. And then my husband just forgets all the time. And then paper journals, I, I just didn't think it would work for us because we would half the time try to find the journal. So again, try to find the problem, find the niche that you're targeting so your message is very, very strong. And then the last thing is really pace yourself. I know that I mentioned, I kind of launched this in four months which is, sounds really fast, but it wasn't like me doing it all at once, right? I actually just separated my time working on my business to 20 minutes, which is the time that I pumped. And that way I didn't feel overstretched. I didn't feel like I was ignoring my baby in order to work on my product. It was more like a hobby at first and be, this is the time that I have, but also pacing yourself really prevents you from burning out. So in order to... To make this work for me and my sanity, I, I wanted to see success overnight, but I also knew that if I did one or two things on my list, that is good enough for the day and I will kind of slowly work towards that goal.
1: I love that. I think that's such good advice too, is just like if you're doing one or two things and moving the needle a little bit toward your goal, that's something. And because you're doing, you're pumping, you're taking care of a baby. And I also think something so smart that you said was focusing on your target, your niche, and that a new mom is not enough. So you really were going after a certain type of mom. Yes. And And like, you knew who you were creating this for. And I think that's so smart with whatever you're creating, whether it's a blog or a physical product or a service. I think that's awesome. Um, So I am wondering, how do you find those people? So you have your product, you have, you're up on Amazon, but there's so much on Amazon. I mean, how do you go out and find that planner mom who wants to log all of her pumping and feeding and diapering sessions?
2: Yeah, so I don't have a lot of money for 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 marketing. I actually did try paid ads and the conversion rate on it wasn't enough. So for right now, I obviously started with friends and family, kind of spreading the word, but one thing that's been super helpful is joining a bunch of mom groups on Facebook. Not only am I able to connect with moms and hear their story, um but then also I just find little ways to kind of talk about my product. So whenever There's a post on like, what are your must-haves for baby registry? I would kind of name off my favorite products and then also include my whiteboard if they're interested. And, um, you know, just to put my name out there, I I think that it's very hard when you're starting out and you're buried on page 10 on on Amazon, or you're trying to um, get people onto your website. I think it's very hard. So the direct and easiest way I found is through Facebook because they're real people that you can actually connect with. And if they are looking for a product or service of yours, I think it's that word of mouth um, strategy that, that I think works a lot better. It's a higher conversion rate beyond anything that else I've tried.
1: I think that's so great. Facebook groups are amazing. I think a lot of people are veering away from Facebook because they think it's like, it's all about Instagram and everything, but people are very active on Facebook and the groups are incredible. So I think that's a great tip. I also Mm -hmm. think that a lot of people, and maybe you have something to say on this is that a lot of people who are starting things, um, are kind of afraid to, post and kind of put themselves out there and feel like they're just going to like do a big marketing campaign and then hide behind like a Instagram ad or something. But like the fact that you actually get out there and, you know, post about your own product, I think that's how you have to do it. And like not being afraid to do that is great without being annoying, you know?
2: (laughs) Well, I had a sales background too, Ali. So kind of, um, you know, it's all a numbers game, right? So not everybody's going to buy my product, of course, but if you have a pretty good conversion and in sales, a good conversion is 10%. So if you really think about that, if you message a hundred people, maybe 10 people will check it out. Maybe one person will buy. Um, You just don't know. But I would have to say that the conversion rate on Facebook, I think is the highest thing that I've seen um, when I was trying all different strategies, including, you know, posting on Instagram, um, kind of paying for ads or um, anything else. The only thing I haven't tried is pay-per-clicks. Um, that's
1: something that I might explore next. Okay. Great. So I'm sure, you know, cause now the timeline is, you know, your son is almost two. Yes. So it's, he is 22 okay. 20, months, 23 months soon. Congratulations. And that's <laughs> for me with a 10 month old, I'm like, wow, so much older. Um, <laughs> really not that much older, but, um, so at this point, you know, what is your workflow like now that you have a toddler and you've been doing this for, you know, a bit of time, you're not in that really early stage now. So what is your workflow and like, what is your day to day look like? Cause you're, you know, doing the entrepreneurship thing and you know, you have your day, but you also still have being a mom and everything. So I'm curious what the workflow is like now, now that you're probably not pumping 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes, yeah. eight times a day. Yeah. I, I'm totally done with, pumping.
2: Um, I think, I don't know if it's my baby, Allie. I don't know if it's uh, me instituting uh, me logging in schedule. So I fully understand my, my son's schedule and he's on time, like on the dot um, since day one. So I know exactly when he naps. So his nap time isn't, if the baby naps, I nap. No, if the baby naps, I pretty much work. Those are the times that I do it. And now that he's 22 months, he's down to one nap. Which is a good t- solid two hours. So he's up there napping, um, and I'm pretty much working. And then my next shift is when he goes down to bed at seven o'clock. Then I'm working. So other times than that, I'm really focusing on my son because ultimately that's why I started this business is to have that flexibility of my son. I think there was times where it was quite difficult where you know my sales wasn't increasing enough, right? Um, and I started to feel that, that guilt, like maybe I need to find a job again. And then the anxiety kicked in. So then I started to realize I need to prioritize my, my life and my days, my number one priority. And I sat down and I thought about, no, my number one priority is to spend as much time with Nolan because he's only young for so long that he goes to school. So that, and then I started to also lack or I kind of cut it back on self-care. So I stopped working out. I stopped going to yoga. Um, yoga studios weren't open, but even kind of at home, I, I did it at first. And then later on it just started to trail off once sleep regression happened, right? I just couldn't do it. So then one thing led to another and I started to realize that I'm not really taking care of myself and my time, like hanging out with girlfriends chatting on the phone. So now I've kind of reprioritized that my son is number one and then I would make sure that I at least fit in an hour a day just to do self-care. And then the times I mentioned is the remaining amount that I am able to um, just focus on my business.
1: I think that's amazing how you've been able to find that balance. And I think that's that's really hard to do and to, to structure your time in that way, especially with self-care, I think is... So great. Um, And I also want to just touch on really quickly how you, how you mentioned that, you know, there was a time when maybe you weren't so happy with your sales and you kind of questioned going back to work. And I think that's really important to bring up because a lot of people who are going to start something and not just if they're starting their own business, but anything, whether you're, you know, attempting to go back to school or starting something new in any sort of profession, um, that there's going to be roadblocks and tough times. So, you know, how do you you get yourself out of that? Was it just thinking that, you know, you, you feel fortunate that you have time with your son or the motivation to reach more women who are going to need this product or how do you push through that?
2: Well, I think this is where, this is where support really has to kick in. My husband's super, super supportive of what I'm doing. So that was less guilt for me because I'm not making as much money as before. And I think another thing that's very important is to connect with other moms. So unfortunately, you and I connected, Ali, and we have a Mm -hmm. very similar journey of being new moms and then kind of pivoting and starting our our own careers and shaping that. So I think just Mm -hmm. connecting with other moms, hearing their story, hearing their struggles so that you're not kind of putting that pressure on yourself, you're not alone on an island really helps out because then you're giving yourself slack and then reminding myself that Hey, success doesn't really happen overnight, but as long as I move the needle every single day, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. And I think that's that's a determination and the mindset that I have to have in order to um, keep myself sane.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great advice. Um so from here, I want to go into some fun questions. Um, so I want to know what is the best advice you've gotten, um, throughout your nearly two years of motherhood that you think you'd like to pass along?
2: Okay. So it's not advice, but it's a technique. So at the hospital, when they were changing diapers, I noticed obviously the, the nurses need to have gloves on, but when they were done changing the diaper, they would basically hold the diaper in hand and then basically, um, unwrap the gloves. So the glove would wrap over the diaper. And I do this at home and then I throw in the diaper pail. It would really decrease the smells of any dirty diaper. I highly recommend it. And also it's just more, it's just more clean. I mean, nobody wants, you know, (laughs) nobody wants stuff on their hands. So it was really, really nice.
1: When you told me this, I thought it was genius that I've been doing it all wrong for 10 months. So I need to get some rubber (laughs) gloves. So um, what is the worst advice that you have heard? Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot. But I think the craziest one that
2: I've heard is if you hold your baby too much, you're going to spoil them. And for me, I'm a first time mom. And if that means spoiling my baby and spoiling me, I'm, I'm all about it. Because, again, they're just so young. And I just can't imagine um, holding a baby means spoiling a baby. So I, I didn't get it.
1: Yeah. Now I'm with you. Okay. What are the items? If you had like a three items in your survival kit, like what are your must have either products or just random things that you just love besides the mule (laughs) light board, by the way,
2: (laughs) for sure. I still need my phone. And then I think, I think right now at 22 months, Nolan's favorite thing is, is watermelon. And then because he's terrible twos, I need my chocolate to chill out. So phone, chocolate and watermelon.
1: Love it. Okay. So the last question was that you talked about self-care and how you prioritize it and, you know, we all need to do more of it. So I would love to know how you do the self-care and how you incorporate it into your days.
2: Yeah. So after I'm done working, then my self-care hour happens. And my current setup is a foot massager, a heat wrap on my neck or lower back. And then, um, a heat wrap there and then a weighted blanket. And if it's a long day, I have a glass of wine and enjoying my 90 day fiance.
1: That is amazing. I love that. <laughs> and I love that you can you know, start this business with your baby and that you used a really tough time to create something so amazing for you and your family and still have time with your son. So I want everybody to be able to reach you and go check out your whiteboard if they're in that phase of life. So tell us, um, where everyone can find you if they want to connect or look into your products. Yeah. Uh,
2: if you want to connect with me, I'm at Neil baby, uh, on Instagram, M E W L B A B Y. My products are sold on my website, mealbaby.com. I'm also on Etsy as well as Amazon. And um, I sell not only just a, a one whiteboard, but I actually have a twin version as well. So all you twin mamas, um, I know it's very important to get your babies on a same schedule. I, I interviewed so many twin moms, and I think that's the number one tip. So this will help you get your uh, your babies onto the same schedule.
1: Perfect. Well, it's been so fun to talk to you, Michelle. I learned a lot more about you and I think people are going to be really inspired. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Ali. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network.